we just spent the last hour and a half trying to digest um, the new college football playoff rankings. Well, the first one of the year so far, and you know, we, we kind of have some mixed feelings about it. And I think that's what's going to kick off our episode. We are going to also give you a preview for uh, week 10 coming up this weekend. But I think we're going to start off for, uh, you know, the initial reaction to uh, um, this this first college football playoff poll. What are, what are your thoughts? Inconsistent. Just one word. Very Inconsistent. Much. Inconsistent. Yeah, this is a this is a poll. All right. So I know we, we talked all season about how we can't wait until the college football playoff poll comes out. And we can wait. We can push it. We can push it back another week. You wish you want to go back to the AP? Uh, no. I like knowing where teams stand, though. Mm -hmm. You know, I I like knowing where teams, what teams need to do now. You know, I think it gives clarity to who they think is the the best team or the best teams in the nation, Mm -hmm. and you know who who's got some work to do, which is nice. I just think it's some of the teams are just really weirdly placed, Yeah, in my opinion. And I think so. it's outraging for fans to be like, you know, this is week one. You know, this poll doesn't matter. But, you know, this is, you know, it, we get to see what the committee is prioritizing, you know, what they're looking at and what they put value in. So that's something you can take away from this first poll. You know, what what are you seeing that they're putting value in? Strength of record, apparently. Yeah. Um, I know we were kind of discussing, you know, what that – what that entails and kind of what that is, you know, it looks like strength of record is is really important, and also kind of, you know, who who have you beat and by how much, yeah, is also like it's a margin kind of, of victory. Margin of victory is huge, is as well. It seems so. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it seems like though that certain teams were graded differently than others, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like I think Michigan got a different grade than Ohio State. And maybe that comes down to just, you know, flat out margin of victory. Yeah, because they do have similar schedules. Very similar schedules, yeah. You know, I know I know Ohio State did schedule Notre Dame and that's considerably better than anybody Michigan scheduled, but I thought Michigan schedule was or Michigan kinda got, you know, robbed a little bit. I thought they should have been in the top four, mm-hmm. you know, this early. Yeah, and to see, you know Okay, we should we should let's just start by talking about the first two, you know. Tennessee at one, Ohio State at two. Is that kind of what we expected? You know, we thought Tennessee with their strength of schedule, their wins against top 25 teams, you know, they have five. We expect, we kind of expect them to be a one. And I'm glad they're at one too. You know, it sets the right precedent. You know, Tennessee, they even scheduled, you know, they went out and scheduled that game against Pitt, mm-hmm. you know, on the road, who was ranked at the time, and they, they went out and beat them. So, they got rewarded for scheduling, and they also got rewarded for for beating the ranked teams on their schedule. Yeah, which I think is is a good precedent to set. And you know, I think Tennessee is very deserving of the one spot. Yeah, very deserving. But do you necessarily think that this was a good thing for the team to be ranked number one going into you know Georgia this weekend? Uh, no, no, not at all. I think I think the worst thing for Tennessee was to go into Georgia not being one and two. Mm-hmm. The fact that Georgia's three, I think Georgia's just going to play even harder than they yeah. probably were going to, given the fact that they probably feel a little disrespected right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably, they've been the number one team basically the whole season. Yeah. 
you know? And if not number one, then they've been number two. Yeah. So the fact that they are, you know, now number three behind Ohio State, I think that they're going to be really angry and they're going to really want to put, you know, some points out there mm-hmm. on why they should be higher. So I think Tennessee's happy that they're number one, but I think they also realize that this could end up being pretty bad for them. Yeah. You can't get distracted and, you know, be on this high reading headlines all week about how they're number one in the country, you know. Biggest game of the year is this Saturday. And it and your chance to prove, you know, that you are number one in the country for sure. And, you know, if if Georgia comes out and, you know, stomps on, on Tennessee, I think that shakes up everything mm-hmm. in the SEC. Yeah. Because, you know, now Alabama – you're definitely going to be watching. You know, you got your own important game this week against LSU, but there's going to be people who have their eyes on that score, you know, in Athens. And I think that it really sets the precedent for what the rest of the SEC is going to look like, you know, especially if, you know, either way, if Tennessee runs away and and, then beats Georgia on the road, everyone's looking at that Tennessee team like, wow. Like they've now beaten Alabama and Georgia, probably the two best teams in the conference. Mm Mm-hmm you know, the last how many years, you know, four or five years. And then, you know, on the other, on the other side, if Georgia beats Tennessee, you look at Tennessee who've kind of ran through the whole conference so far, and then you know, losing on the road to Georgia. Business against them. So it's interesting, you know, it really sets up a f- absolute must watch game this weekend in Athens. 100%, yeah. And we'll you, talk about that later, but um, I want to hear about your reaction to Clemson being at four. I just don't understand why, you know. Pretty like, outrageous. They've beaten ranked teams. I'll give them that. You know, they've beaten their strength of record, which is something that looks like the committee is going to really value this year. Their strength of record is great. You know, they, they had the win on the road against Wake Forest, who was 21 at the time. Top 10 NC State at the time at home. And then Florida State, or not Florida State, Syracuse, who was 14 at the time at home. So they've beaten ranked opponents, but... They just don't look impressive. Like I think eye test is something that really has to be a thing. You know, mm-hmm. when you watch Clemson play, do they look like the number four team in the nation? Like I just don't think they do. We talked about earlier. We don't think that Clemson could be any top ten team right now. Yeah, I just, neutral I, site. You know, they just don't look as great as you know their resume has made them out to be. I guess with the the surprise that we'll talk about a little bit later. I think the only team Clemson might match up well against is LSU. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't expect LSU yeah, to be, be at to be 10. the top 10. So, But for Clemson, you know, they they got to be feeling out of this world right now. Yeah. Because, you know, they're a top four team already. Their schedule is pretty light the rest of the way, right, besides Notre Dame on the road. Yeah. That will be a challenge for them this weekend. So there's a clear path for them to run the table and then, you know, win the ACC championship, and you're a playoff team. So 100%. Clemson is probably the, the happiest team out of all of them. Probably right the now. most likely to make the playoff, honestly, just based off of who they have the rest of the way. Do we think they're the best team in the country? No. But, you know, Tennessee's got Georgia. Ohio State will have to play Michigan later. And the same for Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia having to play Tennessee as well. So, I mean, Clemson has the easiest path, you know, to make to make the playoff, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And... You know, I think for Clemson, they're also kind of cheering for North Carolina a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think they want North Carolina to creep up so that if there is any doubt, and maybe they do drop a game, they can still be 12-1 and over a top-10 North Carolina 
and beat them in the ACC championship game and still maybe have the argument to get in. 100%. And they also, you know, are praying for Wake Forest to do good as well because yep. right now that's that's looking like their marquee victory um, thus far. Yeah, so I think Clemson is, is probably the real winner so far mm-hmm. of this initial poll because yeah. I – I think even even some of their fans couldn't have predicted that they were there, they were going to be at four. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they were probably hoping for five, maybe six. You know, yeah. to not drop any lower than that. But the fact that they you know move up a spot to four is is very telling. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, do you want to give the viewers a little insight on you know what your understanding of the strength of record is? Yeah. So it it just kind of sounds like the strength of record is how you it's basically a prediction so like when they when they set out your schedule and line it up it's kind of like how they think you will do against your schedule and kind of how you actually do okay so i think in tennessee's case i think when it comes to the strength of their record their strength of record is really strong you know best in the nation because they probably weren't expected to be 8-0 okay at this point if i understand it up fully correct okay it sounds like you know, it's it's basically a prediction of like what their record would look like through eight weeks and how they have kind of, you know, done versus certain teams, especially with like points per game and margin of victory okay. as well too. And so do you know if that's algorithm based? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe it's it algorithm based. Okay. So gotcha. That yeah, that's that's some good information because when I saw SOR up on the screen during the show, I was like, you know, I've never seen that before. I've seen SOS, you know, strength of schedule. But to see SOR, you know, it, it feels good to have a better understanding of, of what that means. But, you know, moving down the list, um, Bama making the jump above TCU. Well, I guess they were above them in the AP as well. But do you think TCU is being disrespected? Definitely. I think so. I think it's hard because I think when you look at the two teams, I don't think you're necessarily looking at their resume. Like, I think you're thinking, you know, Alabama, you know, they have all these great recruits. They have Nick Saban. Yes, they lost to the current number one team in the nation mm-hmm. by three on the road. And I think, you know, that's, I think the committee is is taking a little, little bit of that bias in and, and people can say, you know, whatever they feel about that. But, you know, Alabama's only loss being on the road to Tennessee by three. I think they get a pass for that, which is unfortunate because, you know, TCU has beaten everybody on their schedule. They've done everything to their power to win games. But I think when it comes down to, you know, maybe back to that strength of record a little bit, they only beat SMU by by eight. So that's kind of a glaring glaring one. And then, you know, Kansas, who's not so great anymore, they only beat them by seven. And they've just played a lot of close games. And I think – that's kind of where the strength of record comes into a little bit. So you think Alabama and their dominance in games other than the Tennessee game is, is why they're at number six? I would probably say so, yeah. I think if you I think if that SMU game's a blowout and you know, West Virginia even this week was it was a closer one. It was it was a ten point game. I think the commissioner even said that they had noticed that TCU was losing in a lot of games and had to come back to win. Yeah. I think that was a point he brought up. Mm-hmm which I think is terrible yeah. <laughs> personally. I don't think I don't think that should be, you know, your reasoning at all, but maybe if they, you know, blow out or at least win by a little bit more against like a Kansas State, a Kansas and an SMU and even West Virginia, then maybe they jump Bama in the polls, but 
I think Bama is just going to get the benefit of the doubt since their only loss is, you know, on the road by three mm-hmm. to the current number one team. Yeah, in and things will change there, you know, as Bama has LSU at number 10 this weekend, which kind of, you know, leads me into talking about those next three teams. You know, Oregon at eight, USC at nine, and then LSU make an appearance in the top 10 as a two-loss team. Yeah, I think, you know, the most controversial one is LSU. And I think we'll we'll talk about them last because that's going to take the most time. But yeah. <laughs> for Oregon, I think they're probably really happy with where they're sitting right now. Um, you know, seven and one. Obviously, that lost to Georgia. They're big Georgia fans the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're sitting good. You know, seven and one. They got you know Utah coming up on the schedule, and then you know if they beat Utah, they get into that you know championship game yep. to have a chance to maybe even play USC. And I think if they have wins over. UCLA, Utah, and USC, I think Oregon has a really strong case for why they should be in the playoff. And then, you know, USC is probably the same way. I think USC's problem right now is they don't have a marquee win, so they really need to to beat UCLA at the end of the season, and then they need to beat somebody in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, to potentially make an appearance. To make an appearance as well. And then it also depends, you know, how things go amongst other conferences because – you know, the way things are looking right now, we're probably going to see two SEC teams in one Big Ten. And then, you know, that fourth spot comes down to, you know, is Clemson going to be undefeated? You know, is TCU going to be undefeated? Are we going to get a one-loss Pac-12 team? You know, it's just, you know, there's a lot of competition for that fourth spot. Yeah, I think Oregon and USC, they both need Clemson or TCU to lose. Yeah. I think they both need to lose to kind yeah. of even the playing field a little bit. So that's something that they're going to be looking out for. But I think USC should be really happy with where they are right now because mm-hmm. they haven't beat – their best win is is Oregon State, who does enter the poll this week at 23. That's it, though. Yeah. You know, we're talking about their other wins. Their other wins are, you know, Arizona, Rice, yeah. Stanford, you know, just not great football teams. Yeah. So the fact that they're that high with basically playing – basically nobody mm-hmm. i think they should be really happy about that yeah and uh i want you to kind of explain why you said that this poll is inconsistent you know yeah so i'm fine with lsu being above Ole Miss because you know they beat them head to head you know i think you know head to head should matter lsu beat Ole Miss on paper lsu's ahead of them usc lost to utah and there's a huge discrepancy and where both those teams stand. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where, you know, I look at that and I'm like, I'm like, why though, you know? So, and, and like, even if you look like everywhere else in, in the poll, you know, Georgia's obviously above Oregon, you know, big gap there. You know, TCU's above Kansas State with the win over them. And so it's like, why doesn't it stay consistent with Utah above USC? Yeah, and why is UCLA at 12? You know, they should definitely be higher than USC. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I, I think they have a case as well for that, that too. Whereas, you know, UCLA beat Utah and USC did not. Did not. So I think USC's he, marquee win is 24th in the country or 23rd. You know, Oregon State, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think UCLA has a case to be higher. I think Utah has a case to be higher. And like I said, I'm okay with LSU being higher than Ole Miss. But I just think... For there to be a five ranking gap between USC and Utah, as well as, you know, a three ranking gap between UCLA and USC when 
UCLA's loss is to number eight, and USC's loss is to number 14, and UCLA beat number 14. So it's Almost like, identical situations there between the LSU, Ole Miss, and then the USC, Utah. Yeah, so it's just like, it's just that inconsistency of, you know, why is USC so high and why is UCLA and Utah so low? Yeah. You know, if I had to re-rank it, I would put, I would put UCLA at eight or at nine mm-hmm. where USC currently is. And then I would probably go LSU, Utah, and then Ole Miss or then USC, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that makes more sense to me. But just to keep it more consistent. And like I know Kansas State's sitting there too, and I think they have a case. But that Tulane loss, I I don't care that they're ranked. That Tulane loss is not a good loss. Yeah, you know, especially at home. You know, you're a better team than Tulane. You're Power Five school. I know there's a little Power Five bias in there, but Kansas State should not be losing to Tulane. You know, and I don't want to hear the arguments that oh Tulane's 19th in the country. It just doesn't work that way. You know, it just doesn't. So we're gonna see how good Tulane is. You know, the rest of the way. And, you know, if they start losing more games, then I'm sure it will have an impact and should have an impact on Kansas State's ranking. Is it – I know they have UCF coming up, and I know they play Cincinnati. So I know those are going to be two tests for Tulane. And we'll, we'll definitely learn, you know, about, you know, how, how good they actually are because I know UCF is currently ranked and Cincinnati was ranked last week. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how Tulane finishes out their schedule. But – Tulane losing to Southern Miss is something that also needs to be talked about as 100%. well. Yeah. Why are, why are they in the rankings? You know, they don't have – oh, they, they have – oh, yeah. So their marquee win would be Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State, yep. But other than that, you know, the loss to Southern Mississippi is, is very concerning. And, you know, they have, they have Tulsa on the road this weekend, UCF um, the following, and then they finish the season with uh, Cincinnati on the road. So they'll get their chance to, you know, prove themselves. But, I mean, Tulane has a pretty the, – the chance of them being like a three-loss team at the end of the year is, is pretty high in my eyes. Yeah, I could definitely, you know, see it as well. So it'll be interesting to kind of see. And, like, again, it is the first rankings, and it's hard because there's still so much football to be played. Mm-hmm. So it will get more accurate as weeks go by. Yep. You know, week 10 is always – the worst college yeah. football rankings. Yeah. And it gets better each week. Yeah. So I think it's it's definitely nothing to kind of overreact over, but it's interesting to see where they're currently placed. Yeah. And some notable teams, you know, that, that are in this poll compared to the AP would uh, be Texas. Just Texas, right? Just Texas jumped in? Yes. Yeah, I think it's just yeah, Texas. Yeah, so Texas jumped in, and then who dropped out? Uh, Liberty. Liberty, Liberty, yes. Yeah. So Liberty at 7-1. They're not in the college football playoff rankings. So Texas being the only three-loss team in that college football playoff pool. And we talked about that, too, on Sunday with, you know, the potential of – I thought maybe even Kentucky would jump in. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that they, they stayed out. But, you know, Texas getting the nod with losses to, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech gets in over, over one-loss Liberty. Mm-hmm. Who, whose losses to Wake Forest, but, you know, haven't really played anybody else. Yeah, I bet, I bet Kentucky. I bet if they extended the list, I bet Kentucky would be at 26. Yeah, I definitely. They're knocking on the door. And uh, there's four ACC teams, you know, that are kind of just hanging on by – or is it three? Yeah, four. Yeah, four. At the, you know, the bottom of the list, who are kind of like holding on by a thread. I'm sure that this weekend, 
you know, Wake Forest and NC State play 21-22. One of them will drop out depending on the outcome of that game. And then, you know, Syracuse, they also play a tough one as well. We might see them drop out as well. So, I mean, ACC right now, five teams in, it will definitely change. It'll definitely drop next week to at least four. No, yeah, and I think if you had to rank the conferences based on, you know, CFP entry right now, I think SEC takes that top spot with 11 teams or five teams in the top 11. And then I'd say Pac-12 is, is two with, you know, four teams in the top 14. The top, yeah, top 14. And then probably Big Ten. Definitely Big Ten. Four teams in the top 16. 16. And then, you know, probably ACC. Or, yeah, probably yeah, ACC. Probably ACC probably with ACC. five in the top top 22 and then uh big 12 and the big 12 with uh just the three teams right yeah just three teams kansas state tcu and, and Ole Miss, or oklahoma state a lot has changed in the big 12 you know we saw or i guess i guess teams. texas is ranked too so they oh, got yeah. four they have four so but still i mean i'm not that high they're all just beating each other up yeah they're definitely you know going through each other yeah we weekly. called them the the mid 12 the mid 12 mid 12 on sunday when we had our episode then but um yeah, that's kind of our take on this on this first week. I know that we'll probably discuss it every week uh, when it comes out on Tuesday night. Maybe Tuesday night is just going to be our, you know, our new uh, recording date, just based off of, you know, when they come they come out with it on Tuesday nights, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we'll probably record every Tuesday night um, and get our reaction on the poll for every week. A fresh reaction too. A fresh. Yeah. Hot, yeah. We we're talking about maybe going live, getting a live reaction. But uh, this week's would have been crazy. Yeah, this week's would have been bad. So, we we would have to go back and edit some of yeah. the some of the words we were saying. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. All right, it's preview time, and the first conference we're going to talk about is Big Twelve, and uh, I think the biggest game of the week within this conference can be number twenty four Texas going at number thirteen Kansas State. Texas making an appearance in the new poll um, this week. And, you know, Kansas State coming off a big win against Oklahoma State last week. Texas coming off a bye, and Texas has won five straight. You know, what are your thoughts? What what would a win for each of these teams mean for them going forward? Yeah, you know, for Texas, you know, they're kind of, I guess technically they're not out of Big 12, you know, championship kind Cont- of contention because yeah. they beat, you know, Kansas State this week. That puts, you know, them and Oklahoma State at two losses, so... I guess they are kind of, you know, still playing for the Big 12 championship game, even though it's kind of a kind of a long shot probably at this point. But I think for Texas, they're trying to, you know, kind of build build up some of the young guys and kind of, you know, learn how to play on the road in hostile environments, you know, for the future. Because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they lost, you know, the close one at home, you know, to Alabama. And, you know, they lost, you know, on the road to Texas Tech and then on the road to Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of trying to learn how to play in hostile environments and especially on the road and kind of try to try to put together, you know, complete games, you know, to win in those situations. Yeah, you know what's crazy is, you know, both of these teams, their last game was 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 against Oak State and Kansas State winning 48 to 0, Texas losing 41 to 34. They have to buy this week and obviously this game, but Texas, they're two and a half point favorites on the road. Based, you know, based off of what we've seen against common opponents, why do you think that is? Yeah, and I think I think that's the great thing about college football is, you know, we can we can compare common opponents, you know, all we want, but in reality, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, any given Saturday, any team can beat anybody, 
And I think maybe that's why Texas is favored, you know, coming off a bye, you know, regroup, kind of get back to, to playing your style of football. And for Kansas State, you know, they're coming off a, a highly emotional win, you know, against um, a good Oklahoma State team. So with their, we, backup, with their backup quarterback. With their backup too, yeah. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who gets that start this weekend. I'm assuming that'll be, you know, their backup. Was It, it was Howard, right? Yes, yes. Will Howard. Will Howard. Mm-hmm. So the so the junior, you know, coming off the bench and uh, getting that start winning big against uh, Oak State. But, you know, will we see that same defense who shut out what we thought was a great offense in Oak State? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, I think it's going to be really difficult for Kansas State to put together back-to-back performances like they did last week. Mm-hmm. And I think Quinn Ewers offers a different dynamic than maybe Spencer Sanders does. I think Quinn Ewers is probably a better passer of the football, even knowing we have seen him, you know, make mistakes that are pretty uncharacteristic. But, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this game, you know, goes down in, uh, in Manhattan this weekend. Yeah. Because, you know, Kansas State, I, own, I almost thought I was watching Alabama play last week against Oklahoma With how State. dominant they were. Just so dominant in, in, in how they put together that performance. Caught me off guard, dude. I was like, what's going on? No, yeah, and, and, and we finally saw Deuce Vaughn, you know, break out. Mm-hmm. So this is a really electric running back matchup between, you know, B. John Robinson and, and Deuce Vaughn. So it'll be interesting to kind of see if, if you know, both teams try to try to establish the run and then, and then kind of let the quarterbacks do their thing. But this has the making of a really good matchup, you know, yeah. in uh, – in Manhattan this weekend. Yeah, and that leads us into, you know, what's your prediction? I think with with Texas, I think the bye came at a really good time for them. Yeah. And I think Quinn Ewers probably was watching Oklahoma State film for two weeks. Yeah. You know, because he made a lot of crucial mistakes that really cost his team that game. So I'm going to go with Texas based on the fact that, you know, Kansas State's coming off a really emotional win last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas had the bye. Quinn Ewers, you know, had plenty of time to look over, you know, his mistakes from that game. And I think Bijan Robinson outplays Deuce Vaughn and is a really big factor in this week, uh, this week's matchup. Okay. That's bold. I like that. I'm going to go Kansas State. You know, they still have everything to play for. Definitely, you know, fighting for Big 12 championship contention. I like them at home coming off a big win. Defense probably going to play you know, good. <laughs> yeah. We we saw them, you know, perform really well last weekend. So I got Kansas State um, over Texas in that one. Um, th- prob- go ahead. Just just one last thing on that game. I think yeah. I think it's gonna be interesting to see who does start though at quarterback. Yeah. You know, do you go back to your starter all season in Martinez or or you know Howard coming off a fantastic game? Does he get the start? You know, back to back. Hundred percent. And a lot of credit to uh, how the quarterback perform obviously goes to the running back as well. You know. Yeah keeping the pressure off of someone who hasn't gotten first rep snaps all year. Yep. Um, you perform well, you know, it makes it a lot easier for the for the quarterback. The next one is going to be uh, number 18, Oak State, obviously coming off of that shutout loss against uh, Kansas State. Going at Kansas, you know, Kansas started off 5-0, and all high and mighty, have lost three straight since losing their quarterback to an injury. You know, what what are your thoughts on this? Surely this is just the uh, ultimate revenge game for for, for Oklahoma State. For both. I, mean. I think more so for Oklahoma State because I think with Kansas losing three straight, mm-hmm. 
it kind of you know derailed their season a little bit. But nobody was expecting Oklahoma State to go into into Manhattan and lose forty eight to zero. Yeah, you know their reputation has been slaughtered. Mm-hmm. You know over this over this last week. So I think Oklahoma State is really going to want to put together a performance to you know get them back you know on their feet. You know I think I think the Big Twelve Championship game. You know, if Texas wins this week, it does make that tiebreaker exactly. for those three teams. So yep. they're not necessarily out of it. They do need help, though. Yep. So they're big fans of Texas this weekend. And, you know, obviously they got to they gotta figure out what happened on mm-hmm. offense. You yep. know, nothing was clicking for them at all. And they're really going to have to put that back or put their offense back together to, to get going again. Yeah. So I like Oak State in this game. You know, Kansas, they started off hot. A lot of credit to their success in the first five weeks goes to their quarterback. I think he was kind of that centerpiece that was leading them to win those games. And you know, I like Oak State in a in a comeback victory. Yeah, I also I also like Oklahoma State as well. I think Kansas. I think their quarterback's not. I think he was announced out for the season, and then he said that it was news to him. Yeah, that was. I saw that tweet. That was very interesting. Yeah, so I think the fact that he hasn't come back yet does signal that he's he's probably out for at least majority of the season. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll come back for a bowl game if they if they reach one. But, yeah, I think I like Oklahoma State in the ultimate revenge game this weekend. 100%. They're, they're only picked by two on the road by a you know Kansas State team who's lost three in a row. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. But the last Big 12 game we're going to talk about is Texas Tech going at number seven, TCU. TCU kind of being that, that last team for uh, playoff hopes within this conference, number three scoring offense in the country. You know, there's been a lot of comeback victories for this team, but you think? do you think they just take care of business as usual against Texas Tech? Yeah, they do play a lot of close games. You know, I think they've only really separated themselves on the scoreboard. You know, I think Oklahoma State comes to mind as a team that they kind of, or not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, that they blew out. But, you know, they usually play, you know, one to two score games, you know, pretty close games. But I think they're feeling a little disrespected after the poll came out yeah. this week. So I think TCU is going to want to to make a statement this weekend uh, with Texas Tech coming to town. So with that, I'm going to go. I'm going to go TCU. Uh, I think they're going to make a big statement and kind of you know get the nation's attention. Yeah, you know, back on their team and hoping to make a jump in that rankings to put themselves in a good position you know, to actually make the playoff. Yeah, something interesting about this game, you know, TCU only picked by nine and a half, you know, being an undefeated team going against four loss Texas Tech, you know, that line being at nine and a half kind of just shows how competitive, you know, this Big 12 team or this Big 12 conference is. They just seem to beat up on each other. That's why we don't really see a Big 12 team in the playoff every year. But I like TCU, you know, I agree with you. I think they're going to be very angry, feel disrespected, with that poll, they got everything to prove, everything to play for, you know, moving forward. So I like TCU getting it done, you know, Max Duggan just balling. The next conference, the good old ACC. And I think the marquee game we have marked for this weekend in this conference is going to be number four Clemson going at Notre Dame. Notre Dame being unranked. You know, they're kind of on the rise after a little shaky start to their season with those two losses early. But, you know, what's something something that's interesting about this game is uh, Clemson only being, you know, three-and-a-half-point favorites, 
even though that they are top four teams in the country. Why do you think that is? I think it's because nobody trusts Clemson, you know? They obviously have – I don't think they've announced – or I think that he said he was going to go with DJ um, as a starter. In that post-game interview after the game. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that's confirmed that that's what they're going to do or if, you know, Klubinik is going to going to take over. But I, they have a quarterback problem and they just haven't looked that impressive. Yeah. You know, like yes, they've beaten the ranked teams and you get credit for beating ranked teams, but it's just been shaky, you know. Syracuse was up on them like 21-10 going into you know, half, and then they had to rally to kind of beat Syracuse. Florida State was close. Florida State was close. Wake Forest was a shootout. You know, they had to win in overtime. I think they had to come back and tie that game yep. to win in overtime. So it's it's not like they've flat-out dominated, you know, teams in in what I would say is a pretty weak conference yeah. in the ACC. So it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that Clemson was, you know, put this high at four. Yeah, we were surprised to see them land at four Yeah, with this new poll. So, and I think I think Notre Dame presents an interesting challenge for him this weekend. Hundred percent. I think this is. Would you say this is a trap game? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I could say it's a trap game. You know, I think probably a couple weeks ago we we would just assume Clemson would would roll on through Notre Dame, but it seems like they're they're putting some games together. You know, they're getting some mojo going. They're coming off a a big win against Syracuse last week on the road. Yeah, they looked good. They looked really good last week. Yeah, so, you know, they got – as a football player, it's got to be – it's really hard to not be excited when a top-five team comes to town, you know? These players are going to be ready for it. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be wanting to, you know, make a statement that, you know, they can compete with anybody in the country. And, and you know, you got a top-four team coming to town, so. Yeah, I expect it to be, you know, 80,000 in the crowd. Yeah, I think, I think fans will be ready for it. And 100%. I think, you know, the players are going to want to make a statement for sure. Yeah, I'm interested, you know, to see who, who will get the start, you know. Who do you expect? I would expect that it's DJ. Just based Sh- off, I think it should be Klubnik. I agree. Or Klubnik. I, have we figured out pronunciation on that? I'm just going to go with Klubnik. Klubnik. Oh, yeah, I'll follow you on that. Yeah. So it's consistent. But, you know, I would, I would pick Klubnik. But obviously, you know, I, d- I don't know the inside of the team. Dabo, after their win against Syracuse two weeks ago, you know, coming off the bye, he said that, you know, DJ's our guy. Even though, you know, he wasn't playing that well, got benched, and then uh, Klubnik was able to, you know, come through and get that big win against Syracuse. No, yeah, and it's interesting because he mentioned how Klubnik came in and really, you know, made an impact and, mm-hmm. and changed the game. But then said that, you know, DJ's our guy. He's going to be our starter, you know, just because he played poorly today. I feel like if somebody comes in and makes an impact, like the like what he's saying, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the guy you would want to roll with, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I, I think I expect it to be DJ, but expect his leash to be really short. Yeah. You know, if, if, uh, if Klubinik or if DJ doesn't perform, you know, I would expect Klubnik to come in really quickly. Yeah. You know, probably, I think he was, what, third quarter that he came in against yeah. Syracuse? I would expect it to maybe be, like, after two or three drives. Yeah, 100%. So, and keep in mind, you know, Klubnik being the best quarterback in his class. Yeah. So, I mean, he's definitely not your typical backup. He's very high-profile, five-star, you know, that Clemson has, you know, in, in their back pocket. But the matchup I want – 
everyone to keep an eye out for is probably Michael Meyer or Michael Mayer and that, you know, that Clemson secondary. Yep. You know, will they be able to lock him down? We've seen some weakness from that defense in previous games. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they match up against against that pretty pretty insane tight end that Notre Dame has. Man, I think the the scary thing is it seems like the past you know, maybe maybe a couple weeks, he's really started to put together, you know, better better performances, you know, mm-hmm. and, and is on on par with his quarterback, you know. Besides kind of, you know, the Syracuse game last week where he only had three catches for fifty four yards, you know, he's had, you know, six catches, five catches, eleven catches, seven catches. So it seems like they're really been building, you know, that chemistry over over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could be a factor against this this Clemson defense because he, he's definitely a mismatch. 100%. 100%. And that kind of leads us into prediction for this game. Coming straight off of the rankings, this really makes this prediction difficult for me because looking at the rankings, I see Clemson at four, and I see them as overrated, which makes me want to yeah. pick Notre Dame. Notre Dame has problems, which worries me. But I think with them being at home, you know, they're really kind of putting together better performances. They're kind of, you know, starting to to build some momentum besides the Stanford game, which worries me because if the team that came out that played against Stanford plays against Clemson, I don't I don't think Clemson will lose. But I think if Notre Dame puts together a really good game, I think they 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 can beat Clemson. So I am going to go Notre Dame. Because they're at home, and I think that Michael Meyer is a very big problem Yeah, for 100%. Clemson. Yeah, so. I don't think that's an outrageous pick at all. I think the rest of the country, you know, Pac-12 fans, Big 12 fans, are going to be looking at this game. Because this is a huge impact when it comes to fighting for that fourth spot. You know, will we see a one-win Pac-12 champion get that fourth spot? It's going to be more difficult if Clemson runs the table, is an undefeated ACC champion. You know, no doubt they will be in. But I like Notre Dame winning this one. You know, we haven't seen Clemson perform well enough to deserve that number four next to their team, in my opinion. And I think Notre Dame's on the rise. You know, the quarterback situation for Clemson is very concerning. And I I like how Notre Dame played last week, which which might have been, you know, the second best team in the ACC. You know, you never, we really don't know. But, you know, I, I like Notre Dame getting it done um, against against Clemson, which I do not think should be a shocker. I think that this is almost a 50-50 game, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think another thing, if, say, Notre Dame does pull it off and gets the win over Clemson this week, I think it creates a real big headache for the committee because they look at, what everybody is seeing as a down Notre Dame, you know, with losses to to Marshall, you know, to Stanford, you know, to Ohio State, Notre Dame would have beaten Clemson and North Carolina, who are the top two teams in the ACC right now. So I think if Clemson does lose this week to Notre Dame, I think you could make the argument that there is no 12-1 conference champion getting into the playoff, assuming that other teams are undefeated and have won losses because, you know, if, if we're going to be down on Notre Dame and say they're not fantastic this year, but they have wins over 
the one and two teams in the ACC, mm-hmm. I think that puts a coffin in the ACC's playoff hopes. 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why this game is particularly huge for the conference. So something to keep out. You know, they're definitely on upset alert, you know, taking all things into consideration, including the line and all that. But um, the next game is going to be a ranked matchup. Number 20, Wake Forest going at number 21, NC State. Should we just jump straight into prediction for this one? Yeah, I think there's not too much to talk about with this one. Um, I think two weeks ago or three weeks ago, this would have been a fantastic matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be talking about two probably definitely top 15 teams, but maybe top 10. Um, Wake Forest, you got to figure out how to not turn the ball over eight times. <laughs> you know, if you don't turn out the ball over eight times, you probably win last week. But, you know, you can't turn the ball over eight times and expect to win. NC State, you know, they, they obviously lost their quarterback. They need to to kind of refine, you know, their mojo again. But I think Wake Forest is going to bounce back. I just don't see a real world where they turn the ball over eight times again. Yeah. So I think Sam Hartman and this Wake Forest team takes care of the ball a little bit better. And I think they get one on the road against NC State to hopefully kind of repropel their season to, you know, maybe trying to trying to salvage like a like a New Year's Six game. Yeah, 100%. Eight turnovers, that's... That's I mean, bonkers. That's, it was crazy. That third quarter, I think they had five alone just in that third quarter. But I agree. I, I do like I wake, I like Wake Forest. You know, we've been high on them all year. Last week, he was kind of shaky. Gave up 48 points to, you know, a pretty mid-Louisville team. But I don't think that's discredit to the defense. I think the defense is fine. You know, it's just hard when, you know, you're tired and your offense is turn off, turning over the ball that frequently so yeah i like wake forest in that one and then the last game is going to be number 22 syracuse going at pit yeah and i think this is the same way you know i think syracuse was probably riding you know a nice win streak and feeling pretty good about themselves but you know they've lost they've lost you know what back-to-back games now to clemson and notre dame so you know they're gonna have to or maybe maybe there's a game in between there maybe it wasn't back-to-back but um, you know, they're going to, they're going to want to, you know, get their season going again, you know, after losing that, that game to Notre Dame last week, but yeah, it is back to back. It is back to back, but I think Pitt represents a real problem for Syracuse. And I think, I think that Pittsburgh running back is playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Aben, Aben Kanda, Aben Kanda, man, I just can't get it right. Aben Kanda. Aben Kanda. You know, there you I, th- go. I think he's playing out of his mind right now. And I think he's going to present a real problem for, for that Syracuse defense. So with that, I'm going Pittsburgh, actually. You know, at, at home, I think Keaton Slovis has been disappointing. Very. But I think I think he puts together, you know, a big-time game at home against Syracuse, and I think that running back has a, has a big day. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Pitt's the favorite in this game. Oh, man, this is this is literally probably a 50-50. You know, Pitt at 4-4, four and four, they, they're definitely a better team than their record makes them out to be. Obviously, you know, the the line reflects that. But I think Garrett Schrader, he obviously wins the quarterback battle against Slovis, who's been disappointing all season. But I, I like Pitt as well, you know. I think that the running back will have a huge impact. Syracuse kind of down with back-to-back losses. And, uh, you know, I like Pitt coming through and, uh, you know, getting a ranked ranked win under, under their belt, you know, in that one. All right, Big Ten's kind of a quiet one this week. We don't really get any ranked matchup probably the marquee best game to look out for will be that michigan state going at number 14 
Illinois. You know, we'll we'll probably be quicker on the Big Ten. You know, keep it keep it a little shorter. But you know, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, uh, we were uh, watching the College Football Playoff Rankings show, and they were saying how Illinois is a potential sleeper team for the playoff. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I want whatever they're smoking for that. Cause, Pass uh, that over here. Illinois is probably the fourth best team in the Big Ten. So they ain't making, they're not even making the, the Big Ten playoff. So there's that. But, you know, for this for this sake, Michigan State's whole team is suspended this week. So <laughs> they're going to be pulling a lot of players from math class to from play the campus, for the football yeah. team this weekend. But, uh, yeah, I think Illinois shouldn't have a problem. Um, I think the total, I think that I saw the total was eight players suspended for Michigan State this yeah. weekend, possibly facing other charges because the Michigan president is livid. He is very upset. He hasn't slept in four days. Is that what he said? No, I don't oh. know. <laughs> Just from the way that he was talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, I get it. You know, you can be mad, you know, your players yeah. getting, getting assaulted, but I don't know. He was just like talking like they should be jailed for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm like... All right, let's. You know, the rivalry is not—it's not that deep. Yeah, you know? I was like, let's calm down a little bit, yeah. man. But yeah, give me Illinois. Um, they're at home. They're—they're uh, they're rolling right now, and they got a big one with Michigan coming up soon, right? Yeah, they do. So we'll keep an eye out for that one. But yeah, I got Illinois this week. Yeah, Michigan State kind of has their number, but I mean, with all the suspensions, you know, being on the road, they didn't play too well against Michigan last week. I like Illinois as well. You know, continuing to build. Their playoff case, you know, according to what we saw from the show earlier, that they they might have a chance, but you know, I think it's I think it's that's a bit of a stretch, you know. Yeah, like I guess in theory they technically do, but because if you they know, beat Michigan and Ohio State, but you know, is that going to happen? Like you can make an argue, an argument for any seven and one or eight and zero team that they have an argument. So. Yeah, but to call um, them a sleeper team, you know, there's a reason they're at number sixteen right now. Exactly. Was there one loss? Uh, Indiana, right? Yeah, Indiana, three, that's right. Yeah, that's, three. that's pretty bad. Yeah. So, We both got Illinois in that one. Um, number 16, Penn State going at Indiana. I guess it's 15, Penn State, you know, making the change to the new rankings. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I actually thought I thought Penn State was going to do it last week. You know, they were up 21-16 to 16 late in the fourth. Um, and then just Ohio State went berserk. I know um, it was... They just flipped the switch, and that's yeah. you know that just goes to show how scary this team is. Yeah, scored what twenty eight in the last seven minutes or something. The like offense that. is in, insane, but Indiana, you know, they've lost five straight. Started off three and zero. You know, played some close ones. I mean, lost seven points. Rutgers lost by five to to uh, Maryland. It was it was a bit closer in that Michigan game than the the final score tells us, but you know. Five in a row, you think it'll be six? Yeah, I think Penn State shouldn't really have a problem with this one. Um, you know, on the road, I guess anything can happen, but you know, I think, I think Penn State should fill – I think they should be pretty happy with their performance against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously never like losing, but but they really kind of showed that they're maybe just a couple pieces away, you know, from competing you know, with the yeah. big dogs. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think I talked about it a little bit last week. I think they just need, you know, a new quarterback – that's, you know, dynamic, can make plays in the air and, and with his legs. I think Sean Clifford's good. I don't think he's great, though, and I think you need a great quarterback to compete with those boys. And then maybe just a couple more pieces on defense, and mm-hmm. I think they're they're right there. So, but yeah, I like Penn State this week. I think they shouldn't have a problem 
with Indiana. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that they're going to go 10 and two most likely and just, you know, miss out on all the fun. Yeah, for sure. You think they'll get a new year six? I think it depends on, you know, what kind of happens with, with the craziness yeah. in the rest of the rest of the, the nation. But yeah. you know, they need, they need to obviously finish it in the top 12, I believe to get a new year's six spot. Yeah. So we'll see if, you know, if they can, you know, make that a thing. Yeah. Give me Penn state as well. You know, hoping to just take care of your own business and then, uh, you know, the rest of the country, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out for when it comes to, you know, where, where they'll be sitting for a bowl game, but I got Penn state last one's going to be Michigan going at Rutgers, probably one of the harder games for Michigan this year. Uh, who do you got? Man, yeah. That was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rutgers is a real gauntlet for sure. Yeah, for but real. um I saw Rutgers play against uh Nebraska. I think it was like a Thursday or Friday game that I was that I was tuning into. And Nebraska's bad and Rutgers just found a way to make them look better. Oh yeah. And I just don't know how how that's even possible. <laughs> but yeah, give me Michigan, you know, Blake Corum. I think this is the game that he could add to his Heisman resume if it's even possible for a running back to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he goes for, for like 200 yards and six tutties, you know, maybe. Yeah. You know, propel that campaign. But I don't think Michigan should have a problem. I think they should be able to do what they want with this Rutgers football team. Yeah, just stick to their guns, you know, ground and pound and, and get the win against Rutgers. I got Michigan as well. And for the SEC, it's going to be one of those more anticipated weeks of the year. They got a big one. Two now top 10 matchups, starting with that marquee game of the week. is going to be number one, Tennessee, going at number three, Georgia. Wow, what a game. You know, I'm really excited to watch this one. What, what about you? Yeah, you know, this is obviously probably game of the year, maybe even game of the century, because I think this is going to be it's gonna be a good one down in Athens. You know, you got game that. of the century. I, this is up there. I think. <laughs> really, I think this is well. It's just you got that high-powered Tennessee offense. You know, going against that. You know that that Georgia defense. You know, I know it's not the same one as last year, but there's still some dogs on that. Yeah, literally on that dogs literally. defense. Literally, <laughs> there's some dogs on that dogs defense. But, um, I think some news came out that uh, their edge rusher um, Nolan Smith is out for the season. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that affects Georgia going forward. But for this game, you know, I think you know, I think Georgia's got got the talent to, you know, compete with anybody in the nation and I don't think, you know, it should be any different. Yeah, which is interesting, you know, Tennessee being more battle proven, you know, with the five AP top twenty five matchups so far. They're picked to lose by eight and a half going to Athens. You know, Georgia they have that one top 25 blowout against Oregon, which seems like we talk about that game every single week. But other than that, you know, it's been an easier schedule compared to Tennessee. This is probably, you know, their biggest test of the season so far. And uh, Tennessee, you know, first scoring offense scoring offense in the country, 26th scoring defense, you know, compared to Georgia, sixth scoring offense and second scoring defense. So, you know, something to look out for, will Tennessee's defense be able to slow down this Bulldogs offense enough to, you know, give them a chance to win this game? Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, 
I think this is just going to be an old-fashioned kind of shootout, similar yeah. to what Alabama was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, who's got the ball last and who has a chance to, you know, put the final points on the board to, you know, get the win. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think we talked about it earlier with, with you know, Tennessee kind of playing with some more pressure on their back because, you know, Georgia's going to be a little upset yeah. with them probably being, you know, a little underrated by the committee. But I think this is just going to be a great game, you know. It's yeah. going to be – you know, that primetime slot, that 130 on CBS, you know, I expect Georgia fans to be loud and, and ready to, to, you know, prove that their dogs are still the best team in the nation. So, yeah. you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how this game unfolds. 100%. And I agree with these rankings. You know, Tennessee has proven that they're number one in the country right now. Do I think they're a better team and have a better chance of this winning, of winning this game? You know, not necessarily. Georgia at three just hasn't had that premiere of a schedule that Tennessee has had so far, but, you know, should we just jump into predictions? This one's tough. This one's really this tough. tough. And I'm trying to find, you know, a way that I can give one team an edge over the other. And when it comes down to it, they're just two really good, you know, evenly matched teams, I feel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to predictions, you got to pick somebody. And, you know, I've, I've kind of gone with this in the past and I think I'm going to go with it again. Tennessee has played a lot of big games at home. You know, they played, you know, obviously Florida was at home, you know, Kentucky was at home and Kentucky was at home, right? Mm-hmm. And then so was Alabama. Yeah. They got to travel on the road to beat this Georgia team. They had to beat LSU pretty big on the road. And that's kind of the one, that's kind of the one game that also kind of sticks out is they do have that big win over but LSU. But LSU is just not on that same level. Yeah, so I think with that, I think I am going to go Georgia just because they are at home. You know, I think the dog pound is going to be ready. Yeah. I don't know if they call them that down there, but they should. Yeah. Um, I think those dogs are going to be hungry. You know, I think they've I think they've been looking forward to this game ever since, you know, Tennessee beat Alabama because mm-hmm. I, think, I think Georgia never got a chance to be that top dog in the SEC after Tennessee won. I think it was always going to be Tennessee. So I think Georgia wants to reclaim their spot. Yeah on top of the SEC, and I think they get their chance this weekend, and Dang. I think they get it done. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a bold pick. I mean, this one's so tough. I think a lot of people are going to look at, you know, Tennessee being 26th in the country in scoring defense and think that, you know, their defense is a lot worse than Georgia, but you, it's hard to, you know, compare apples to apples when Georgia just has had an easier schedule. You know, Tennessee has already played Bama and stuff like – and other great teams – like them, like the ones you mentioned before, you know, which kind of brings that defense. It's a lot higher scoring games, you know, because they're playing harder teams. So I don't think their defense is necessarily terrible at all. Ah, oh, this one's tough. I like Georgia at home, you know. I think that they're going to be pissed off at being, you know, third in the country. They got a lot to prove. You know, Tennessee's been high all season. Obviously, they are after tonight and their uh, new ranking. But yeah, give me. I like I like Georgia winning that one. But definitely give me Tennessee to cover though, because eight and a half is a big number. Yeah, that's crazy. A really big number. I don't think I don't think this is a two score game. I think this is definitely a one score game. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to the last possession. And if Tennessee has the ball with you know two minutes to go, I think there's a real scenario where Tennessee wins this game. You know, I just think I kind of envision it, envision it as you know Georgia probably being up two scores and then Tennessee kind of scores to make it like a one-score game. Yeah. It's kind of how I see it going. So I would definitely take Tennessee to cover, though. Yeah, Vegas, you know, they know how hard it is 
to win on the road in SEC country. You know, we've seen it firsthand when we went to uh, the Swamp. So uh, definitely that plays a lot into, uh, you know, where the, where the spread is at for sure. The next top 10 matchup, we get number six, Alabama, going against now number 10, LSU, which uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? LSU's rise the last two weeks has been crazy. You know, two weeks ago, they were, what, 5-2, and two, not ranked, playing Ole Miss. And then yeah. they beat Ole Miss at home. They have the bye week, obviously. And now they're the 10th team in the country going up against Alabama at number six. That's crazy. I didn't that, even realize that. That's a ridiculous rise. In that just, is crazy. In just like, you know, two weeks' time. So um, for this game, you know, it looks like a, a really compelling matchup. You know, you got six versus ten. This looks like, you know, a really good game. I just don't think it's gonna be at all. No. I just I don't think I don't think it's gonna be the kind of game that most folks are kind of predicting it to be. I think LSU will have a lot of fight. And I think they're gonna have, you know, a lot kind of a lot of, you know, energy and, you know, heart to, you know, play this game against Alabama, especially yeah. since this has been kind of it's been kind of like a rivalry, mm-hmm. I would say, the past couple of years. But um I just don't think LSU can compete with Bama with yeah. the athletes that they have. And I, I really hope I'm necessarily wrong, but I've watched Jaden Daniels play football. He's having a great season. He's not Bryce Young, though. Definitely not. So, And this Alabama defense is it's probably going to be a lot what they saw against Tennessee, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw how that outcome, you know, happened. So I just don't think that this LSU team is the 10th best team in the nation. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really sad when we see this game unfold, because I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed. Yeah, I think it hurt them, you know. Do you think it hurt them that they put uh, them at 10? Because now there's all this expectation, you know, that they're they're supposed to give Bama a close game. Line's sitting at 13.5, you know, two touchdowns. All I'm saying is this Alabama football team is, you know, licking their chops for this one. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're excited, you know. A couple weeks ago, like I was saying, this was an unranked LSU playing against, you know, a top Alabama team. Yeah. Now they get a chance to make a resume win on the road against the tenth team in the nation. Nick Saban's going to have these boys ready, and I think oh, Bryce yeah. Young is going to have a huge game because mm-hmm. the last time he was put in the spotlight, I wouldn't say he choked, but you know he didn't get the job done. Yeah, you know, so he's going to want to he's going to want to right that wrong, and maybe this is is Bryce Young's Heisman moment that we've been looking for all season, and maybe he just goes out, throws for five or six touchdowns, and you know leads Alabama to the win in death valley yeah for sure i think with my prediction i am going to go alabama i've learned that you don't bet against them (laughs) you don't bet against nick saban yep and i I just don't think this is any different i think alabama is just too talented and i think lsu's rise to number 10 is it's just a little bit fraudulent in Mm -hmm. my opinion fraudulent dang what a word what a word what a word just calling them fraudulent dude that's tons of power i watched what tennessee did to them yeah. And I just don't think that's a different team. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think Tennessee beat both of these teams, you know, and they're and it's a top ten matchup. You know, it just goes to show how competitive you know this conference is. I like Bama as well. I think the key to success can be that Bama defense. I think they might even like shut them out or something crazy. Maybe hold them to a couple field goals. Maybe LSU doesn't get in the end zone. I like Bama winning big. You know, covering plus more. Like you said, you know, just a bunch of dogs out on that sideline, on that line of scrimmage. You know, I, I like Bama winning this one against 
LSU. Okay, last one is going to be number 23, Liberty, going at Arkansas. Just quick prediction. Yeah, yeah, and I don't really have too much to say about this one anyways because I think Liberty is probably a little upset. They're, they're sitting at 7-1 and one and not ranked in the college football playoff oh, rankings. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, I based it off of AP. It's my bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, so they're ranked in the AP and then, you know, obviously not ranked in the college football playoff. But, um, you know, they haven't really played anybody this year, and, you know, this is their chance to go into SEC country and, and get a win. But I think for Arkansas, who had such high expectations after the high ranking, you know, early in the season, I think this is a good game for them to kind of get a win over a ranked opponent. And maybe you see Arkansas sneak into the rankings at 6-3 and three next week. But yeah. I got Arkansas. I think K.J. Jefferson – has got this team rolling again, and you know I think they're going to want to you know have a strong end to the season. Yeah, I I like Arkansas as well. You know these last two wins, both being on the road at BYU. You know tough place to play. We saw BYU beat Baylor at home. You know that's I think that's an underrated win. Beat them pretty big. You know by seventeen, and then Auburn on the road. Um, that was was that that was last this last weekend. So you know coming off two big wins, I like Arkansas. I think I think Liberty's good. But I think that, you know, maybe their big BYU win was, was part of them being at home. I think it's going to be harder to travel, you know, and play in SEC country. So I like Arkansas. All right, we're going to wrap things up with the last conference, Pac-12. Marquee game of the week is going to be Friday night, number 23, Oregon State. Going at Washington, playing them in Seattle. You know, we've seen some monster numbers. Michael Penix Jr. leading the country in passing yards. And Oregon State, you know, making their first college football playoff poll appearance ever. And I think, uh, what were you saying? It was 2013 was the last time they were ranked in the AP? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They had one of the longest uh, streaks in the nation yeah, of not so being ranked. So. Yeah. So definitely making that case, you know, this is probably the game that will determine who is the best, who's the fifth best team in the Pac-12 this year. What are your thoughts? That's crazy to even say that. You know that they're both these teams are saying six, are at six and two, yeah, and, they and they're only the fifth best team in the Pac-12. Competitive league, very competitive league. A lot of good teams in the league this year, and even like you can make a case for Washington State. You know, yeah, being I, fifth as well. Washington State sitting at four and four, but they're a lot better than that. They've obviously ran into a little tough patch. I think they played played Oregon, USC, and Utah. So rough, a rough stretch. Definitely, definitely a rough couple of games that they had to had to endure, but. Yeah, I love this game, you know, on Friday for for Oregon State and Washington. You know, both these teams are having great seasons, and I think this is a great chance for for one of them to kind of prove, you know, where they stand in the conference this year. You could even make the case that, you know, Washington should be in the rankings at 62. It's just their loss to Arizona State really has hurt them. If they beat Arizona State on the road, we're looking at Washington being 7-1 and one and probably a top 15 team. 100%. So that would be five top 15 teams in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So that'd be pretty crazy. But, yeah, I think, you know, Oregon State, you know, they've kind of, you know, the problem with them last year was, you know, they won six games at home, but I think they went one and five on the road. Well, this year they've started to learn how to win on the road a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. So obviously they only have, you know, one loss coming on the road. So I think I think this is the true test for Oregon State. You know, obviously the last time or their last loss on the road was against, you know, Utah. So they're going to want to, you know, really prove that they can actually win, you know, games on the road. So I think this is a great test for them against Washington. And I'm interested to kind of see how they play against, you know, Michael Penix. Yeah, it's crazy. Michael Penix Jr., his numbers, I mean, 2,900 
throwing yards on the season. Like that is a ridiculous number. Yeah. And uh, you know what, we're eight games through. He's he's basically at the three K mark. You know, you can make the argument that, you know, he might throw for, you know, forty five hundred yards. Insane. Which yeah. is just out of this out which of this is just two thousand more than uh, you know, the Oregon State quarterback in Nolan. Which is I mean, ridiculous comparison. I mean, totally, you know, different play styles of teams, you know. Yeah, so you know, with Oregon State trying to trying to keep the ball out of their their quarterback's hands because he uh, he definitely hurts them. Throws when, more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah, so that yeah, will be interesting to kind of see. Very interesting game, I would say. Yeah, that'll be kind of interesting to see kind of how they uh, they go about you know slowing down you know Penix and if if they if they try to hold the ball a little bit more with time of, time of possession and mm-hmm. kind of kind of run it more than they they throw it so i think this has has the making of of a really good game on on friday night yeah i think this will be a close one you know it's it's friday night so don't forget about it i think if you know if you're if you're at home definitely tune into this one but who do you got i'm seeing that the weather is uh 49 degrees and rainy and usually rain helps one team over another and it's usually the team that wants to run it so with Washington trying to throw the ball in wet conditions, I, it could get problematic for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But I am going to go with Washington. I think, you know, Penix has been playing out of his mind, and I don't think the rain should affect him too much. But, you know, I think it's definitely something to, to keep an eye out because, you know, if they can't get the pass game going, that's Washington's offense. You yeah. know, they, they don't really run the ball too great. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think I got Washington, you know, at home. But I would not be surprised if Oregon State gets it done. Yeah, if it rains, then Chance Nolan is probably going to throw three times. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be that Mac Jones game in the in the against the Bills. Oh yeah, where yeah, they, yeah. it was like snowing and they ran uh, it every single time, nearly yeah. through like three passes. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So I like Washington as well. I think if they get this win, you know, they'll probably swap places with Oregon State, maybe at twenty three, and you know, in the college football playoff rankings, the next rankings. At least, but you know, it's it's kind of a slower week for the Pac-12. Arizona's making the trip out to Utah, who's number fourteen. Now you got a quick prediction on that one. Yeah, you know, I think Utah for them, they got a lot of injuries right now. You know, quarterback didn't play last week. You're missing running back one. You're missing running back two. You know, running back three is also out for the season. So, and then you know, obviously, you know, tight end one is out as well. So a lot of injuries for Utah. I know injuries are part of the game, and you have to adapt, and you have to kind of you know get around that. But with Utah playing at home, you know they should have enough to get it done. You know I think Jaden Delora and those receivers present a real problem for this Utah defense. Yeah. But I think Utah should have enough. If Cam Rising plays, I like him to win. Yeah, Jaden Delora fifth in the country and uh, passing yards. Um, definitely don't sleep on that. I know they caused you know USC. And that defense some problems last week played a close one. I think it was only an eight point margin of victory for USC. This is a little different, you know. They're not at home. It's harder to play in Rice Eccles. We get a night game. You know, I, I like Utah as well. I hope I hope to see Cam Rising, you know, healthy and back playing this week because it was it was a bit of a surprise, you know, to see QB two run out there on the on the first possession for them. Yeah, and also maybe a prediction of snow for for the Ooh. weekend. So. I know Arizona's not going to like playing in snow. So I think that's yeah, that, that's another thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, 100% for sure. That would definitely play a factor. 
that'll play a factor if I'm going to that game or not for no. sure. Yeah, I'll I'll stay home and yeah, <laughs> hang out by the fire. Hundred percent. So, um, last game I think of the entire episode is gonna be a uh, number ten UCLA going at Arizona State. You think UCLA will will have any problems against this team? I don't think they should. You know, I know Arizona State gave you know Washington some troubles and you know even beat them at home down in Tempe, but you know UCLA is a much more complete team than they have been in many years. So and in, and compared to Washington, yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, I I don't think DTR should have any problems. You know, getting this offense going nice and early, and you know getting out of here with a win. You know, with basically no problems at all. I yeah. would assume. Yeah, I like all the favored teams to win the pack this week. I know that, you know, Oregon State is higher ranked than Washington, but Washington is favored. So, uh, yeah, I like all I like UCLA, you know, getting it done against Arizona State. Like you mentioned, they did present problems to Washington, were able to beat them, but I think UCLA is a much better team than Washington. You know, they proved us that a couple weeks ago when they when they took care of business against them. I think it was like a Thursday night game or something like that, right? Was it? Uh, it was a weekday game for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a weekday, Thursday um, or Friday. Yeah, it might have been, might have been one of those. Teams. Anyways, yeah, I got UCLA, and I, th- I think on that note, we're gonna wrap things up. You know, it's, it's been a fun episode. You know, getting our reaction to uh, the first college football playoff poll. You know, um, we were thinking, <laughs> we definitely are glad we didn't do a, a live reaction because you know we we were pretty uh, astonished to see some of those teams make pretty crazy jumps, but it, it was fun. Um, we'll be back with a, a recap on Sunday and then a preview for next week on Wednesday, but we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll, we'll catch you in a couple days.